Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Outkick 360 is back. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Big show planned today. Primary complaint in 45 minutes. Jam-packed news and notes across the NFL and college football throughout. Tennessee Power Hour coming your way at 4 o'clock Central, 5 in the East. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Great to be with you guys for another day. I am fired up and ready to go for primary complaint. Um, may I request the cleanup spot today for primary complaint? Sure. My it's request yours. is granted. Paul, clean up, how are you? Cleanup spot that is actually third. You may have it. I also am fired up about mine and angered, which is the proper emotion. So it's good to know that we will be emotional. We are live from the 6th and Peabody studio, downtown Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, is where you can find us on location with 6th and Peabody, Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, each and every day, starting at 2 o'clock Central three o'clock eastern jonathan earlier said to jacob well after they finished some preliminary stuff we want to go have a drink and i was like wow starting early boys jonathan moulton yeah. jacob yeah. swanson making it happen david reed the chairman of the board we have Ellie access Sylvia here we have access to fountain drinks but there's also access to moonshine drinks and beers moonshine tastings uh you've got the beer tastings as well with we Yeehaw. have access to all in our downtown location <laughs> everything anything that you could ask for it's right here at 6th and Peabody. People ask, where is 6th and Peabody? It's in downtown Nashville. It's on 6th and Peabody. Everything is right here. The convention center is right there. The Titans mural is right there. Paul's pointing for those listening in Florence, Alabama, or uh, in Huntsville, or in Muscle Shoals. I, love uh, the, I, I like the idea of the narrator for what Paul's doing on camera the whole time, like just underneath. Yeah. Paul Point. Like we're writing a screenplay. Yeah. Now Paul points, Paul to, points the left. to his left. He points back Paul to the points right. points in front of him. He looks down frantically at a computer, and then he speaks again. Hopefully we'll see more from Justin Fields than pointing once and then running on Sunday. They take on Cleveland, and today they made it official. Justin Fields is the starter this week. There was some talk, I guess, in Chicago that, I don't know why, that they may go with Foles over Fields. Well, here's the rationale. I don't buy the rationale, but they're saying, if they're saying that Andy Dalton is the starter when he's healthy – that means that Fields is not ready. And in that logic that if Fields is not ready, then Foles should be the guy. And, and then Foles should be the guy. And Fields continues to serve as the backup. I, I know all three of us don't buy that thinking. No. But I expect Chicago to get blown out in this game. I've not been impressed by what I've seen from Fields. I know Chad agrees with me on that. I don't know where you well, stand. Baker Mayfield currently. has a bum shoulder so i don't know where i stand on that game yet 
Yeah, I need to know I, what his I practice think the Browns will, will blow him out. I mean, they said the shoulder came in and out. You hear that from a lot of uh, quarterbacks, and there's no structural damage. So I, I fear it'll be a little bit like who's the other quarterback. It's a matter of pain tolerance. Well, not anymore. Um, they got it wrong on Tua. Tua has a cracked rib. Yeah, so it's, it's more than a pain tolerance. It, he is out. Uh, Brissett will start. Uh, they did confirm. Uh, they did further testing and confirmed it is a fractured rib for yeah. Tua Tagovailoa. They're in trouble. Let me, um, because I'm fired up about this already uh, today. If it's Nick Foles, it's okay, not going. And it's, to be. it's not. It's but, not. But let's say the the idea that it was Nick Foles. Okay, the the fact that this was whispered, that there were some thoughts about this. When you draft a quarterback in the first round, you were stating you believe in that quarterback. We have to you get past so. the, uh, John Robinson in Nashville, where where we do this show with the Titans, gets a pass on this. The moment it's the moment of conception with the player. Okay, it's not after they're there. You, when you take someone in the first or second round, you've done you've you're stating you've done your research. You've had a team of people working on this person. You've been looking at every single play they've played in college. You've talked to the weight coach. You've talked to their coordinator. You've talked to everyone, and you believe in them as a contributor to your football team at the NFL level. I, I, I don't understand where people are getting, well, he's not ready. He's not ready. There's only one way to find out now with Justin Fields. He did not look ready in game one. We know what Nick Foles is at this point. And he's not a winning quarterback in the NFL. I, I just, it's odd to me how first-round picks now are just. Well, you know my theory on this. Play him. No, you extend, you, as a head coach, you extend your, uh, your job status by waiting to start the rookie and get on a run late. My, you, you can save another year. My, They're about to get fired. My beef here is I've with, been saying that all preseason. I, I, I think, I think that that is, uh, that is professional malpractice if you're doing that because that is you admitting you're not doing what's best for the team or the organization. You were doing something keeping in mind your own job status, which is a survival instinct of every animal on the planet. I understand that. But to me, that cannot factor in. If you're paid to be the head coach of the Chicago Bears – your job status and how you'll be perceived should not factor into you starting a quarterback or not. It should be their readiness, what gives the team the best chance to win week to week, and ultimately what's best for the organization that pays you. My beef here is with Nagy. But I agree with you, Hutton. I, I think that's a factor for guys out there. I'm just saying factoring that in, if I'm paying the checks, I'm pissed off about that. Head coaches are expert at saying nothing, Right. So why does he have to say Dalton is our guy when he's healthy? Why can't you just say Fields is starting and we'll see? Because you leave open the possibility then if Fields starts and is really good, we'll stick with Fields. If Fields starts and he's not good, we can go back to Dalton. If something happens weird, we could even go to Foles. But coaches are expert at leaving doors open, not at closing doors. So say as little as possible, which is what coaches do. Why do you pronounce that when Dalton is healthy, he's the star? Why do you have to make such a pronouncement? What is with this firm, firm commitment to Andy Dalton? Just say, Fields is starting this week. And, and that's what most coaches do, right? They say, this week, our starting quarterback is Fields. Beyond that, I have no idea. I'm not worried about anything beyond this week. All I have, all I have on my mind is the Browns. How often do we hear that from a head coach? I can't see – I don't even know who we're playing after this week. Like I'm like uh, Gronk or, or who was it the week before that didn't know who they were playing. Kelsey. Kelsey. I'm like Kelsey. I don't even know who we're playing, Betty, yet who the quarterback is. Well, so 
Here's what Justin Fields could do. He won't do it because he hasn't done it to this point. In fact, he told fans to stop booing Andy Dalton in the preseason because it was doing the team no good. Which was a good move by him. Um, he could also just be Taylor Heineke. And post game in Cleveland, if they win, just say, yeah, I'm the starter, and I'm not giving it up. I'm not leaving. Taylor Heineke did that on Thursday Night Football with NFL Network. I came in here Friday morning and said I loved the way he answered the question from Michael Irvin where he was asked – are you the guy? Are you the long-term starter for the season, or is Fitzpatrick taking back over? And he goes, yeah, I think I can be the guy. I'm, I'm, I'm the starting quarterback of, of Washington. Justin Fields could do that too, and he would have the entire city of Chicago behind him, the state behind him. The Midwest. Yeah, a lot uh, of for that matter, yeah. So th- that brings up a, a, a broader topic, um, just to bounce around the room here. So looking around the league at the – the, the, the quarterbacks who did not work out that are now working out. Um, Ryan Tannehill comes to mind in Nashville. He's a great example of how Tannehill in Tennessee works. Uh, Carr and Gruden, that seems to be working to this point. Surprisingly so. Terrific so far. But so far, over near, he has, through two games, he's, what, 200 yards shy of 1,000 yards passing in that offense? They're 2-0. and uh, It wasn't easy in the first half, but it's not an easy league. We can pinpoint problems with any offense but Carr and Gruden seem to be working right now um Kyler Murray and Kingsbury seem to be working right now you know at a a high pace a great pace for that offense so in in just looking around the league and looking at the excuse making for the young quarterbacks and, and sometimes there are there sometimes they're not do we have a coaching problem or a quarterback problem in the NFL because far too often these quarterback, quote-unquote, gurus get a rookie that doesn't pan out. Uh, and and it, far too often it goes to, oh, it, the guy's young, he's inexperienced. And before you know it, it's year three and the coach is out the door and the quarterback has a new head coach learning a new offense. And guess what? There's the next excuse. Oh, he had to switch coordinators and he's in a new offense. It's going to take some time. And before you know it, the contract's up. And then you end up with a Jameis Winston-like scenario. Is it more on the coach or the quarterback as you scan the league and think why guys aren't working? If, if, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't pan out in Jacksonville, is that on Trevor Lawrence or is that on coaching malpractice that's going on based on coaches that knew who they were inheriting when they took the job? Well, I think it's, it's a situation-by-situation basis most of the time. If Trevor Lawrence, we know, is really, really good, there's a huge consensus. So well, if he doesn't work out... I'm going to be more prone to put it on Urban Meyer and his offensive staff. But let me let me flip it though. I'm Justin not confident Fields, that Justin Fields Bear, is going to be great. But the they, he should be. The Bears drafted him. It's like saying, "Oh, we didn't know Vince Young was going to suck." Well, well do you think Ryan fit an Pace offense, is great? Fit an offense to fit your quarterback. It's like trying to squid a, a, a square peg into a round hole. I don't understand this. He's not ready to play in this offense. Fit your offense to oh, the quarterback I, I and go win. That. I agree with that. Fit your offense to the you quarterback. You drafted him. But he is limited at the beginning, and some guys need more time to grow into a second This is not Vrabel inheriting Marcus Mariota. This is you just drafted him six months ago, and now he's the starter. So there should be no excuses. Yeah, Fit well, the offense this, to make it work. In this case, we know that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are not very good. So in this oh, case, but that's I, not I, I, true. Matt Nagy, uh, I mean, uh, across the the mouths, coordinator. across the mouths of all NFL media, he's some quarterback savant. No, I think that's faded, and he might be a quarterback. Well, it's faded savant because he sucked as a as a coordinator. 
But he might. I and think it's faded I think because he's it was one probably, of these guys who's a good coordinator, not a good head coach. But it's faded. But he got blamed. The, the quarterbacks that have been through Chicago have been receiving the blame. Well, also Chicago has a history of no matter who the coach I, is, the quarterback just doesn't pan out. I agree. It's a so, snake bit situation. I think Jameis Winston's a great case study in this idea, hunting about coach versus quarterback and who's to blame and who's the failure. Uh, we're going to know Jameis Winston was failed by coaching in Tampa Bay if Sean Payton can take Jameis Winston and have success with him. Yep. And they can have a great offense. And we know Sean but Payton's a great Bruce quarterback Bruce Arians coach. also, who's okay, a good well, quarterback coach. Bruce Arians can For screw one year. up too. I mean, Bruce Arians sure. can be set in his ways. Bruce Arians could be trying to force Jameis Winston to do something he can't do. And if all of the rules are set up for quarterbacks and offenses to succeed, which they are, I'll point to Ryan Tannehill as an example too. Miami screwed it up. Well, he had a terrible coach there. We know Adam Gase is terrible. Well, we know Adam that. Adam Gase endorsed by Peyton Manning. We know that now, but again, you're going to go back to the, the Nagy example. I mean, he was thought of as this quarterback guru because of Peyton Manning, and then he went there and so. But, but Adam Gase can do did bad what Peyton Manning places. wants. <laughs> well, that, that's what it takes to be a great coach. Here's what I don't Manning. get, okay? It's, it, this is where I think the NFL lacks a bit in, a, in the coaching department. When you talk college football, the biggest thing that you hear from coaches that have success offensively, Dan Mullen's a good example. I can take a pocket passer like Kyle Trask and throw for a bunch of yards and score, or I can take two guys who can't even pass, right. like Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson, and I can move the ball that way. The Ravens are a good example right now. Lamar Jackson still is not a great passer, but you know what they're doing? They're running all over people and that's why with they drafted fourth him. and fifth string running backs. Also. They drafted him and made their offense fit his but skill that's, set. That's where if, if, the, if the rules are set up for offenses to succeed, I want to see teams like the Bears and their coaches devise an offense, not that they're comfortable with, that they've done in the past with different guys like Alex Smith or whoever, whatever quarterbacks they've worked with in the past. I want to see an offense devised around Justin Fields and what he does well. well I, I think NFL coaches it. are behind on this. I, a, I just don't a see – it's true that what they're telling us in Chicago is that this preseason, the offseason, Fields was not ready to run that offense. Otherwise, Andy Dalton would have been named the starter from the jump and we would have seen the, the rookie playing early and, and often uh, for, for that organization. Uh, especially with the history they've had at quarterback. My point is, now that he's the guy, don't, don't even mention Nick Foles unless Fields gets hurt to come in and run your offense. Make your offense work for Justin Fields right now and make it work. Uh, if, if you buy into what I'm saying, and I, I know even if you don't, part of it is the reason you go with the veteran until you don't need the veteran anymore. Then you turn things over to the young guy and build around him and you go on a nice run and you, you – you get extended for a year or two as the coach. My point is, make it work and get extended for a year or two as the coach. But there were also just misses or combo platters. When Steve Wilkes was working with Steve Kime and they drafted Josh Rosen, people liked it. It turns out Josh Rosen sucked. Of course. And Steve Wilkes got fired after one year. But, but uh, either way, you're fired if you're doing it the way we're discussing. If you're making the rookie who doesn't fit your offense fit into a mold of your offense, you're fired. If the guy sucks who you drafted, you're fired. Your best solution is to mold something to fit his skill set right now. Well, right. Mold something to fit his skill set. And then, and then but don't draft it. him. Draft a guy that fits your offense. Meet somewhere yeah, in right. the middle there. But if I, the guy totally doesn't fit and you're determined to run an offense, then don't draft him. Agreed. Uh, and I think that's why Mac Jones is having 
moderate success right. to begin. And, and moderate you, being he hasn't turned it over or fumbled the football. He's running New England's offense. And he, you quoted Mike Reese on this. Mike Reese said when, they, when he they took over for, guy who for Newton, he, he fit the old mold of the McDaniels offense. So that's the perfect thing. He does what they want to do. Exactly. So it's, it's perfect, right? You don't always – how often does the stars align that let you do that? Not as often as teams want. Only for New England. Yeah, right. only, only for New England. More headlines coming up across the NFL. We'll take a look at the uh, Week 3 schedule, among other big topics. Plus, the new-look NFL. Speaking of offense, a glimpse at one game from Week 2 – that tells you everything about the college influence. It's all straight ahead on Outkick 360 first, though. David Reed with the word about how Dr. Melissa Toyos and Toyos Clinic can help you look better. Yeah, we've told you for years about our friends over at the Toyos Clinic and how they can help you see better, but it's 2021. It's time for you to look the best as you can. And just like they use the latest and greatest technology when it comes to LASIK, they do the same when it comes to hair restoration. Believe me when I speak to it, because I've had those old methods in the past that all they left me with was huge scars on the back of my head and very little results. That's not what you get with Toyos Clinic and Dr. Melissa Toyos. She uses the latest technology. It's called Smart Graph. What it does, it takes individual follicular units from the back of your head, puts it on top where you're struggling. Let's face it, we've all been there. We've, we've done that before. It's a natural-looking result. You'll be back in the office, back at work, back at play in no time. All it takes is one afternoon in the office, and they can take care of you as well. It's natural, permanent results. You'll look nothing like Drew Brees does nowadays. We're talking about natural results that will blend in. And, hey, it, it's time for, for you not to let these hair troubles bother you anymore. Call today and set up your free consultation. It's 888-315-3937. And tell them that OutKick sent you for 10% off. Again, that number, 888-315-3937. Tell them, tell them that OutKick sent you for 10% off. Toyos Clinic, see better, look better. At Outkick 360 as we broadcast from 6th and Peabody with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. FanDuel.com slash OK360 is where you can go and place your first bet with FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash OK360. And by doing so, you uh, can get a great offer, including 30 to 1 odds on either side of the Titans-Colts matchup this Sunday. You can also get 30 to 1 odds on Jets, Broncos, or Eagles, Cowboys on Monday night. It's a max bonus of $150, which means 30 to 1 odds. You bet $5 to win $150. Two games on Sunday, Titans, Colts, Jets, Broncos, and then Eagles, Cowboys is Monday night. The deposit required to sign up is $10, and it's got to be your first bet. So just opt in for new users at fanduelcom slash OK360. Bet 5 to win 150 Titans, Colts this weekend. The offer is valid in all legal states where FanDuel operates, excluding Michigan. Just one follow-up going back to Chicago. Somebody points out uh, the name in, in our YouTube chat, which is significant. Chicago is a second-chance thing here for Pace, Ryan Pace, right. the GM, who spent a bunch to get Trubisky, which is a, a blown go-for-it quarterback move. You might get two if you're a GM. <laughs> might. And, and, and he might not survive this year, right, if, if things don't go well. 
I, I would think it's a huge mistake if you're firing the coach so. this year. You've got to fire the GM. It's a clean sweep. And start again. And then you're in that difficult spot, and you referred to it in this first thing, where you then have to hire a GM and a coach who love the quarterback, the previous GM and coach, who you fired for their incompetence. Now you, you're, you're – hiring field is narrowed it's limited to people who love justin fields and you know what people will do hutton in those interviews the lot they'll say they like justin fields more than they like justin fields and then you're set up again where these guys have free passes right so they go to work kind of like mike vrabel did in nashville they'll go to work saying they love justin fields and they'll do everything they can for justin fields but always in the back of their head they'll be this I'm not on the hook for Justin Fields. I'll do the best I can with Justin Fields, but ultimately, if this thing doesn't work, I'll point at Pace, and I'll point at Nagy, and I'll say, this isn't working with Justin Fields. I need my guy. And they'll get two and a half years out of that. It's and then longer. they get a new clock that starts after two That's and a right. half years. Then you get a contract. The third year draft, and, you, and then you signed a four-year contract. Well, you get a second contract, and you start again. So really, I talk all the time about needing the GM and the coach on the same clock, but you need the quarterback on the same clock as well. Otherwise, your organization is running on two different clocks, and you never get synced up. And when you never get synced up, the timing is always off, and you're always stretched. And you're always waiting on somebody. You're either waiting on the quarterback or you're waiting on the coach or you're waiting on the GM. And that's a recipe for disaster. And they've been doing that forever in Chicago because they're always waiting on the quarterback. It's, it's premature to judge Justin Fields on coming off no. the bench in one game. But it's time to go ahead and start the clock yeah, you're and judging, not even worry you're about... judging the other two. I mean, again, I, I, I said yesterday, uh, Justin Fields is on the field and he's not leaving. Like I, That would be the mentality now. It's been Andy Dalton's job until Andy Dalton was hurt or was not good enough to maintain the number one job. And then from, that, from then on, it should be the rookie's job to keep. And here's what you really need. I don't know that you can... And they're one and one. I don't know that you can get this, right? But when you're interviewing uh, GMs and coaches in January, what you really, really need is an honest assessment, maybe from your owner friend. Hey, what did this guy really say about Justin Fields during your draft preparations last year? Now, I don't know that anybody's going to help you out with that, but I know what he's going to tell me when we sit down together, right? And he might, you know, give me a wart or two that he put on Justin Fields. But what I really want is, hey, give me your, your draft report. I'm going to get the ink on the draft report or, the, or the, I'm going to get the metadata on the Word file to see that it was written in the spring of 2021 because I want to know that that's the actual draft report that you wrote or signed off on. So I know I'm getting your honest, honest assessment of Justin, Fe Justice, Justin Fields. And I got to find somebody who loved him. Uh, but that narrows the field. And so I'm screwed again because I'm not choosing necessarily the best coach. I'm choosing the best coach who liked Justin Fields. Or you just hire your coach and let them work it out you know yeah and, and look but it's a sucky situation uh but but they have a top tier quarterback that they judge top tier justin fields was going to be drafted first round whether or not the chicago bears selected him or not uh there are other teams that would have drafted justin fields in the first round yeah, there was some surprise he was available when he was for the bears he was going to be drafted very high so here is the and, and and it should not be hard to find a coordinator that would pair well with justin fields because that is where we're headed 
in the NFL game. The college influence is abundant. Eric Bieniemy, um, And you should be able to pair a coach with him and make it work. An example would be a game from this past weekend. I was watching a game on replay, and Jacob's about to put the play-by-play and the scoring drive up on the screen. Um, but uh, I, I'm not going to name the teams yet, but this is oh, th- like these it. are possessions. Field goal, touchdown, punt. Touchdown, touchdown, punt. Touchdown, touchdown. And within these drives... Hard, which in these, within these drives, six plays, one play, three plays, ten plays, nine plays, three plays, nine plays, nine plays. And then the time of possession is all under four minutes. This is fast-paced, passing game influence, uh, letting it rip, and scoring at a very quick pace. Now, this isn't Josh Heupel's offense, That's what but we're thinking. getting closer and closer to this. This was also not Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. This was not Sean McVay. This was Arizona and Minnesota. <laughs> that, was, that was the game in week two. Look at the scoring possessions, and these are consecutive possessions in the game where they're barely punting, and they're not settling for field goals. And look, one of these quarterbacks is Kirk Cousins. This is not a, a blazer of a quarterback who's going to uh, – uh, you know, I, I could see it for Kyler Murray. If you told me Arizona was operating at this clip, I'm not surprised. You tell me Minnesota's operating at this clip, I'm a little surprised. Um, but it, Arizona's done it back-to-back weeks now at yeah, this pace. I, I mean, Arizona, Kingsbury, I, I don't know what their schedule looks like. Kings, I know their division is very Kingsbury difficult. paired with Murray and, and now consistency with the quarterback. And, and keep in mind what Arizona did. Arizona drafted a quarterback and quickly moved on from him and drafted Kyler Murray. You know, and we've talked about um, um, their receivers, starting with DeAndre Hopkins. A.J. Green is showing mm-hmm. uh, something left. He's and healthy. Christian Kirk is emerging. You know what's looking really good? Rondale Moore. As a fourth guy in that mix who's getting behind yeah. people, it doesn't matter that he's tiny because if he's five yards behind somebody running under passes, what a valuable asset for that offense. Uh, going back to the college elements, bleeding over in the NFL – one of the, the one of the teams in the equation you just threw out there, Hutton, Arizona, third year for Cliff Kingsbury. Yes, yeah, looks like it's starting to hit. In third year, year for his quarterback as well. Third year for his quarterback. If this works with a guy who's known for his offense that wasn't great in college, even never had a winning record at Texas Tech, and he can get the right quarterback in Kyler Murray. I, I just had this vision when we're talking about Justin Fields. Go hire Ryan Day. And it just makes me think about but it's not Ryan Day because Ryan Day might not leave Ohio State in his situation to go to the NFL and the Bears. But if Cliff Kingsbury can get Kyler Murray and they can make this work and this continues to be a, let's say it's a four to five year run where they're a playoff team uh, with this offense. Get the pairings. How many college coaches out there with their that devise an offense around a specific quarterback could make it work if given control to draft their quarterback, not just the quarterback they coached in college, but their selection at quarterback, and they could go in and sell to an, an NFL owner, I'm going to make it work because I base an offense around a quarterback. Here's what I've done in the past. To great success in college, I can do the same thing in the NFL. Take it to extremes with my quarterback. You, you pitched this for Baker Mayfield a couple of years ago when after the Freddie you Kitchens, see Lincoln Kitchens thing, right? And that would have been a hell of a combo. I mean, he's a hot, uh, hot and attractive NFL caliber. He's, he's kind of in this genre of sure. the 
And Absolutely. Th- and that would have been a hell of a combination if, if uh, they hadn't found who looks like Stefanski, who looks like a pretty damn good coach right right now. And I thought it was a pretty good idea at the time. I mean, there, there are so many guys like that. Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, Josh Heupel's not to a Lincoln Riley level yet, but he's a guy known for taking a quarterback and basing his fast-paced offense around what that quarterback I want him almost with the well. quarterback, though. Like, I, I want to well, draft the quarterback and get his coach. That would accelerate it. If, if you've got a top 10 pick, a top 15 pick, get and an opening. So instead of, I, I guess. Talk the, about being into the quarterback. I, I'm spitballing here because I think this is a great topic. Easier to that get that the Hutton coach. brings up about college with the NFL. But we were just talking about pairing GM with coach and quarterback to line up and have this triangle effect of success. On the clock. When they're all together. on the same page, they all believe in each other. The coach can mold the quarterback into what they want, but not really mold. You take the quarterback skill set, you devise an offense around them. GM's all in line with that also and builds a team around that quarterback. And then I just started thinking, well, why not just go ahead and instead of worrying about the GM as much, just go ahead and hire the coach and draft the quarterback. Well, you need the GM to be savvy enough for what we've seen in Arizona where you get DeAndre Hopkins for uh, pennies on the dollar yeah, that's in a trade. That often. And, I mean, all their big pieces are free agent additions on offense. They come in and fleece um, Houston. They have uh, – they, they, now, they've drafted Rondell Moore, but their backfield, their backfield is a free agent signing. Well, they brought in leadership. Um, they, they have DeAndre Hopkins, who they traded for. They sign A.J. Green in free agency. And they did it on defense, too, um, with Watt. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they've put pieces around him, and then they've built their offensive line. They built up front, and then they added pieces through free agency. Don't look at the past when I throw this scenario out there, okay? And Ellie, our production assistant, I'm going to ask her to close her ears right now because this is going to hurt her heart when I say this. Throw out everything that's happened in the past with this person, this coach. Would you, as an NFL owner, GM with a vacancy at – coach and a need for a quarterback take the pairing of lane kiffin head coach matt corral quarterback right now yeah but you can't guarantee that when you hire lane kiffin you can't guarantee it but unless you have the number one overall pick right if you had matt corral though let's say and it's a year into his career and it's not working it's not meshing with the current coach would you take that yeah i mean i think those things are more in play than ever before i still think it's unlikely but it's a lot more likely than it used to be. I just don't think there's this old – we had a, a film guy on our old show uh, that would – very old and stodgy in the view of, of a quarterback in the NFL. I think some of those principles still hold. But I, I, I also think some of the principles we're talking about, the old and stodgy guard of the NFL, um, it's because the coaching hasn't evolved enough yet. I don't think you can have a guy in the NFL that just runs all the time. No. And isn't a, isn't a really good passer. Also, that can work in college. It really doesn't work that great in college anymore. Well, it can either. get you to the playoffs. You but can't you win do a something. Super Bowl. But if Lamar Jackson and the Ravens can devise, I mean, they've been very successful. He won the MVP. They're in the playoffs every year. They're yep. one of my Super Bowl teams this year. They just ran all over Kansas City. They did whatever they wanted in that game. I just think that we're thinking too small at times. Well, I'm with when him, When it comes though. to offense and quarterback at NFL. some crucial moments in a game, you are going to have to make a play from the pocket. Now, most of these guys are able to make a play from the pocket. Kyler Murray can make a play from the pocket. Lamar Jackson, we've had this conversation over and over. It's a national conversation. Can he make a play from the pocket outside the, uh, in the outside five yards of the field? 
or is he playing on a smaller field than everybody else where he can certainly run but he hasn't yeah. proven that he consistently can make those throws. And until he does, I think he's playing on a smaller field. And I don't think you can play on a smaller field in the NFL and win no matter how gifted you are. And I want to say about Arizona, I am exceptionally impressed by what they've done through two games. But it's two games, and he's playing in a division where uh, Cliff Kingsbury looks to be making a nice leap, but he's playing in a division with Pete Carroll and Shanahan, who's, who's a, a very inventive coach who I would rank – well ahead of Kingsbury and McVay, whose team is loaded and I think may be the best team in the NFL. So Arizona could be significantly better and still be in trouble in terms of the playoff picture uh, unless that division's producing uh, all, all the wild card field. Um, so they've got a long, hard trek ahead of them as much as they have improved or one of those teams is going to have to really slide slide back we're not collectively big on seattle when's the last three and team that missed the playoffs they're about to be three and they have jacksonville this week yeah well we know that teams hit slides right i'm saying no i'm saying under the pretense that they would not lose kyler murray due to a torn acl sure, sure. always to help starting three and oh i mean you're you're hard pressed to find a team that just dropped off the face of the planet after that start it, it would just take getting completely ransacked in their division and, you know, win one game all year in their division or something like that to derail them at that point at 3-0. No, I'm with you on the divisional play, Paul, but, I mean, uh, it's like Carolina Carolina's has a great chance to start 3-0 sure. tomorrow night against And against we're going to talk about undefeated chances yeah. or who's going to go undefeated the longest based on what's ahead of them. It's, an, it's a very interesting pool of two and, just 2-0 and o teams. Usually it takes a while before you, you get there already. Like if if we had laid out these as the two and only two and O teams, mm-hmm. we would have said that's a crazy list. You, I agree, do. I agree. Coming up, we will get into the two and O teams and who we think stays unbeaten the longest, and maybe who is set to lose first of the remaining group. We'll discuss that topic when we come back. Though primary complaints. This is Outkick three sixty. One of our favorite times of the week. We air our top grievance of the week with you. Paul, explain primary complaint to our, our new listeners in Florence, Alabama, and Muscle Shoals in Huntsville, maybe in Knoxville, who are new to the show on the, the Fox Sports Knoxville app or listening online. I, I was having so, mu- so much trouble with, with my haul of complaints. I, I needed to find a way to, to narrow them. And so I decided to write a blog about my my primary complaint. I would pick one each week and really hone in. And so then when Hutton and I were starting a radio show, we need to find a third. Um, <laughs> we said every Wednesday Whoever we're going to the best complaint. We're going to have spot. this feature primary yeah, complaint. And so the three of us and our existence together. <laughs> Outside of a huge breaking news Wednesday, we have done this every Wednesday of our time together. Primary complaint. We don't want to hear secondary. We don't want to hear tertiary. We go right to the heart of the matter, our primary complaint, the thing that is bothering us the most. Here is this week's primary complaint. Patience with their fan bases who continue to roll out year after year, the patience mantra with a loser mentality from their social media analysts and their social media coordinators. An example, and really the example, are the Jacksonville Jaguars, who tweaked out the quote from Urban Meyer uh, in a post game, 
And uh, if you're watching online, you can see the screen. We can zoom in on this quote uh, where it says, hang in there, we're going to get better. Jacksonville and the 904 go to sleep knowing that we're not going to be, you're not going to find any group that works any harder to get this thing flipped. That's from Urban Meyer, and they quote that as if it's some solace in, in losing week in and week out. And these social media coordinators in this league believe they're untouchable. And they're generally, uh, they believe that, that they're just as important as the coaching staff on the sideline. But the difference between the coaching staffs on the sideline and these social media coordinators that are, are up in like the third level uh, booth or the, the down the hallway in storage, you know, storage B, B. Yeah. one requires an alpha mentality. And then the one online requires a very beta outlook on life. <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars reflect this beta chromosome. They tweet this, uh, retweeting, retweeting the Atlanta Falcons, jabbing them for using a similar tweet in a post, essentially telling them to follow their lead if they want to learn how to be more like the Jags. A loser. Take your Duvall slogans and your other BS and GTFO with this, hey, can I copy your homework? Yeah, fam, just switch it up a bit. Retweeting the Falcons, who also are losers out of the gate in the NFL. That is my primary complaint. I, I got to jump in on this. So that good. was terrific. Well done, Hutton. Uh, it's also what I, bothers me about the statement from the Jags and the social media person. It's a ripoff of the Tim Tebow speech that when Urban Meyer was coaching Tim Tebow, they've got Nobody in Gainesville, we were just there, they got the granite. statue of Tebow. And it's his speech after they lose to Ole Miss in the press conference. You will not find a, a quarterback in a team, he's crying, that'll work harder than us the rest of the year. It's a complete ripoff yes. of Tebow in their announcement. Hey, while we're on this topic, you raise a great topic here. We know one of these betas in Nashville, and he once told us he was more of a podcast guy when we were uh, exclusively on Nashville radio. Well, so now that we podcast, you can hear our message. All, all of these coordinate, <laughs> these social media guys and, and girls have this everyone gets a trophy mentality. There's no, you win every week on social media. It's either, you know, you have Project Runway with NFL teams getting on the, their, their private jets and, and chartered planes and going to wherever they're going on the, on the road, or you see them Project Runway walking in to their locker room. That's a win pregame. And then postgame, even if you lose, uh, we're going to make you uh, sentimental towards the team, even though the team sucks. I don't, I don't understand Here, it. There's no such thing as an app. I've never run a social media department in my life, and I don't plan on ever applying to run one for an NFL team or any team. But my advice to anyone in social media, when you get your ass kicked as a team, just tweet out the final score. It is that That's simple. All you need. I don't want apologies. I don't want to be told to sleep better at night after an absolute ass kicking. What I want is for you to tweet out final score – and that's it. And then go to bed. You know and what then the last start thing? whatever whatever you want to start the next day or that week, getting your fans ready for the next game. Go right ahead. But at the end of that's I, and I, I would say the same for players. Just shut up. I don't want to hear apologies. I, I don't want to hear any of it. Well, Just you could go tweet a guy explaining his drops. I mean, if AJ Brown's talking about having all What's those the, all those drops, I want to hear that if I'm a fan. What you don't want to hear though is hang Excuses. in there. No, the last no. thing Vols fans want to hear right now from the University of Tennessee is hang in there after they've been told that year after year after year. No, no slogan. And imagine here. being in Jacksonville in the 904 with Duval in all caps being told, hey, we suck again, but it's going to get better. Don't get me slow. On repeat for the last decade, except for that blip on the radar in 2017 where you went to the AFC Championship game. I, I will say this, too. You brought up the Vols. 
Um, I'll applaud Josh Heupel for this, and I've not been blown away by a lot with Josh Heupel so far. He's done okay. I have no big objections to him, but he has said repeatedly, our job as coaches is to get this thing good and get it good fast. I applaud that because every other coach that's taken over at Tennessee has preached patience. They have been preaching this is a three- to five-year process. Get ready for bad times, all this. Josh Heupel has not said that once. Tennessee fans are realistic enough to know it's not going to be a pretty year this season, but he is saying we have to get good and get good fast. That's why we're getting paid. I, I applaud that, that mindset in saying that. Uh, my primary complaint, that was a good one, Hutton. Um, hopefully I can do primary complaint justice this week. Uh, for those watching, I've got visual components to this. For those listening, I'll explain exactly what's on the screen right now. What is on the screen right now is a sign that says employees must wash their hands before returning to work. I have noticed this at a lot of different places, places of business. Usually it happens in restaurants where people are eating, oftentimes with their hands they're eating. I am all for employees that are, that's preparing food to wash their hands before preparing my food. I'll also just say this, let's just extend it out. In an age of mandates that either make people happy or piss them off, I'm okay with this one mandate. Just wash your hands. When you go to the bathroom, everyone, not just employees, not just the customers, everyone, wash your hands. There should be no, there should be no difference between the employee and the customer. Don't tell me employees. Everyone, wash your hands. My primary complaint Signs that say employees must wash their hands when it really should be everyone. There is a limit to how many memberships a person can sign up for. Uh, you, you can only put your email down and get a card for so many things. And so during my lifetime, I have resisted signing up for one at the inconvenience market slash the gas station. My primary complaint is for MAPCO which finally suckered me into doing this the other day at the gas pump. It said right there, 20 cents off a gallon if you sign up right now. And I thought, look, I, I, I pass on a lot of discounts, but 20 cents a gallon sounds like a pretty damn good discount. I am, for once in my life, not in a hurry. I'm going to do this process right now and save 20 cents a gallon. I swipe the QR code. I fill out the thing. And then the pump makes me punch in a 15-digit code, after which it tells me, no gas discount available. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Enjoy my birthday and my telephone number. So we no got a discount. That's, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, we got some primary complaints rolling in on the YouTube chat also. You can Good. hit us up Bring there. Uh, Eric says, my primary complaint, WTF is wrong with officiating. Taunting on a guy for a flex, but nothing on a guy who flips into the end zone. Oh, and SEC refs, what a weekend they had. Lamar Jackson came back and said he would do the somersault again, but admitted to being sore from the somersault. Yeah, and Harbaugh <laughs> was okay zone. with it. Harbaugh said as long as he doesn't fumble. He doesn't say as long as he doesn't get hurt. I mean, if he's getting treatment on his hip, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. I, but look, he didn't direct a somersault at, uh, technically, <laughs> he didn't direct a somersault at an opponent. And that's their distinction, as ridiculous as it is. That is much more so, of a taunt than the flex. It's just so funny, because when you somersault into the end zone, 
I, I take that as disrespect to all 11 players on the field. That you just beat to I the mean, you are you are flipping into the – and I don't want to – first off, I, I think they're going way over the top with the taunting thing. I don't want it called that often at all. And whatever, it's fun that he flips into the end zone. But if you're going to call a guy with one flex – and then not call that, I could sit there and argue that, well, he's really just taunting the whole team. That he beat to with that celebration. Corner. Yeah, I agree. What was going on last year across the league that everyone thought was so disrespectful? I, I was on with Great our friend. Question. I was on what, with our where's friend. Where's the outcry from people that, man, I feel so disrespected playing this National Football League game that we have to have this rule. Now. I was on with our good, good friend Dan Dockich uh, before we came on the air, and he asked me what happened. I, I gave him this theory. I said two or three members of the competition committee were at their grandson's football games. They saw some taunting there, and they said, this trickles down from us. We must stop it. That, and, the w- and the way Mara talked about it, that, that's what it sounded like. Sounds like a bunch of social media coordinators to me running the <laughs> Sounds NFL like some office. weak youth of coaches also. A lot of beta. Coming up, headlines for this Wednesday edition, and then we get into the 2-0 teams and which team we think will stay unbeaten the longest across the NFL. And Tennessee prepares for Florida, and we talk King Henry on OutKick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day, and give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.